So, continuing our discussion of Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter 5, Narada's instructions, Srimad Bhagavatam. We come to the last two verses of the chapter this evening on the auspicious Akadasi, prefacing the Braha Dvadasi tomorrow, and the Nityananda Triodasi, appearance of Nityananda Prabhu, on the 13th day of the moon, on Sunday. This is our eventful three-day weekend that we are in the midst of. So tonight, two verses from Srimad Bhagavatam, the 39th and 40th, the last two verses of chapter 5, first canto. Imam Svanigamam Brahman Avetya Mad Anustitam Adan Me Gyanam Aishvardyam Svasmin Bhavan Chakeshava Tvam Api Adabra Shruta Vishrutam Vibho Samapite Dena Vidam Vibhushitam Vibhutsitam Prakyaki Dukair Muhur Aditatmanam Sanklesha Nirvanam Ushanti Nanyatav So in the previous two uh, verses in our previous discussion, we, if you recall, we heard how Narada gave instructions on Tivyasa, on the mantra that he received in, in, a, in a general sense of significance for the mantra, how the mantra is non-different uh, from the Lord and how his form will be realized through adherence to the mantra and so on and so forth, and the mantra also that Nard received uh, was also revealed. It was given in a unique way indicating that uh, Nard was a worshipper of Krishna, the Chaturbhuva, or Leela in Goloka, actually. Um, but this Chaturbhuva, this four-faced uh, form of the Lord, four fourfold form of the Lord, Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha, in Goloka, for Leela, for pastimes, is uh, relative to the, uh, really, the Dwarka Leela. There we find Pradyumna. Hmm? Isn't it? Hmm? The son of Rukmini and Aniruddha, grandson of Krishna, and so forth. And, of course, Sankarshan, Baladeva, and, and Vasudeva Krishna. So, this is uh, then Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? So Vaidhi Bhakti extends up to into Golok and into Dwarka, and there you'll find also mixed forms of of um, Rag and and Vaidhi and so on. And beyond that, of course, Nard goes everywhere. He's a very special uh, devotee. But besides the fact that he sp- spoke of the Chaturbhu in a particular way that indicates this, it may also be considered that sometimes the mantra is given in a little bit different than it's actually given, so that it's not actually given in a public and so forth. So many different considerations. At any rate, he did appear to give the mantra to the Vyas, and we consider that that... 
that uh, Vyasa is the disciple of Narada. So here the diksha has taken place, and now he gives some concluding um, instructions here, and description in, in the context of the description of his, his life and so forth. He says, Imam Svanagamam Brahman, O Brahmana, Vyas, O Sage, Brahmana, Svanagamam Avetya, Mad, Anustitam. I, as a result, he says, Nard says, I, as a result, the implication is of the association with the sadhus, the Vaishnavas that I received over the four months of the rainy season, to sum up here. I got their instruction on the nigama. Hmm? Nigama? Svanigamam. Hmm? The uh, nigama means, of course, uh, it means uh, the Veda, the sacred text. Nigama. Kalpataro galitam phalam. The Bhagavatam speaks out in its introduction in the third verse. That the, this Bhagavad is the Kalpataro. The Taro means tree, Kalpa means you know, desire, desire tree of, of Nigama, of the Veda, from which you can get anything. It's the ripened fruit of that tree, the Bhagavatam, uh, that's fallen to the ground and so forth. This is in a reference to the word Nigama. So there is a, the Nigama, he says, I was infused with the knowledge, the confidential knowledge of the Nigama. Mm-hmm. And Dhanme Ganam. Aishvaryam, Swasmin, Bhavan, Jakeshava. And understanding it well, it was evidenced by, he says here, my execution of it. I heard it, I learned it, I executed, I, I applied it. And by speaking of the execution of it, he takes us also from the Veda to the Agama. To the nigga, from the nigama to the agama. Agama means the tantra. Narada is famous for his Narada Pancharatra. This, as I said before, is where all of our mantras come from, all of our procedures and so forth. So it deals more with execution of um, spiritual practices and so forth than it does with education, uh, for example, uh, in the form of Vedic wisdom and conceptual orientation and so forth. Hmm? It's said in particular, as I've mentioned before, nana tantra-vidhanena kolo kolo what is it? api tatashrinu nana tantra-vidhanena so when speaking about Kali Yuga, the Rishi Karabhajana said to the king Maharajnimi, he had spoken about the other yugas, when coming to Kali he said, Tatashrinu, listen closely now, I'm going to speak about the Kali Yuga avatar. It's very, you have to pay close attention to find him, to catch him, as we discussed before. And the worship, his worship is outlined in the Tantra, Nana Tantra Vidhane now. So this, re, this is a reference to the Nard Pancharatra, the the um, uh, Gotamiya Tantra, for example. Uh, so, so many uh, advices are drawn from there and so forth. And 
very much part of uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So he was schooled in the Veda and the Tantra. Hmm? There's, uh, of course, the Tantra has a negative connotation sometimes as well in modern society because it, uh, uh, there are people that abuse it. There's, there's, there's a left-handed Tantra and there's the right-handed Tantra, as it's thought. And so, which is in ref- this is in reference to the right-handed Tantra, Tantra rather than the left-handed Tantra. Um, and so he was, he, he, he absorbed himself in that, he practiced that, he took, a, the, the, the mantra here that he's given has come from there, from the Tantra. Hmm. So this is where, and this is where he wants to take Vyas also. Remember Vyas had compiled the Veda and so on and so forth, he was full of knowledge and feeling the, the whole idea here is that he was despondent, he was feeling undone and so forth. And the implication has been so far that you preoccupied yourself with knowledge at the expense of practicing bhakti. Now, of course, in our Vyasa is just kind of an example to illustrate this point. Um, and it's an important point for us that uh, knowledge and its pursuit unto itself will not satisfy the self. It always leaves one a little curious and wondering for more and so on. Hmm. Um, but to apply the knowledge and uh, and to get one's hands dirty, so to speak. In other words, if you uh, the example is sometimes given of the bee outside the bottle of honey and circulating around and landing on the glass and so on, it's examining it in, in so many ways without tasting it, then you'll never know what is the honey. You can talk about an apple in so many ways and what it consists of, but without tasting it, you don't know what an apple is at all. Hmm? And that's, of course, then, that's another point that takes to the subjective world. What is red, right? It's this photons or whatever it is coming in this direction and so many things, but is that red? Or is the experience of red hmm? red? Hmm? Understand. So the consciousness world. This is where, where we uh, actually know. Hmm? We actually know. Everything else is outside of that. Is is theoretical. Knowing is a, is a feeling, in a sense. So this is where he's going with this in the direction of bhakti as opposed to 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 gyan, hmm? or even knowledge about bhakti that hasn't been spoken about in such a way that it would compel people to actually practice and take it up on no uncertain terms. Hmm? There's a glare to knowledge that makes it look like it might be the be-all and end-all and there's always more to know or something like that. Uh, um, there's always different ways to think about it, and, but you may never do it as a result of that, so then you will never know. The, the perpetual perennial fence-sitter that is uh, the problem. And so Narada's coming here, in effect, to push us off the fence. Hmm? Push us off the fence into the pasture to graze. Hmm? And so he says, I got the knowledge and I, uh, of the Veda. I, I um, applied myself according to the, to the Tantra. And as a result of that, Swasmin uh, adan me jnanam aishvaryam swasmin bhavam chakeshava. 
I got, I got, he says, I got knowledge, I got Aishvarya, and I got Swasmin Bhavam Chakeshavam. I got Bhavam. I got affectionate um, dealings with Bhagavan. I got love. So the first two, this is to, by way of, it means to say that, that knowledge and opulence, opulence here means siddhis, omniscience of a sort, a qualified omniscience and so forth. Um, these things may be bestowed upon a devotee by way of saying that these things are within loving hmm? And lo- love, loving the prem here, I got a bhavam, I got prem implications. This is what uh, is the the goal. Indeed, um, we talk for a minute about aishvarya in terms of siddhis or some power, extraordinary power of knowing, a kind of a qualified, all-knowing, if you will. Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu explains that Bhagawan Sri Krishna has sixty-four different qualities. He actually has many more qualities, but. Sixty-four have been highlighted there, and the, the jiva can a, a, obtain up to fifty of those in very small proportions. Rupa Goswami has explained, and then there are some what four or five that are experienced by Shiva and Brahma, and and among them. Of course, and then there are those who, that are possessed by Narayan, and not by the Jivas, and not by Shivas, and the Brahmas. And then there are those five, or was it four? Five, four, that are up to sixty for Narayan, and four that are possessed only by Krishna. What are they? Prema Madhurya, Venu Madhurya, Lila Madhurya, Rupa Madhurya. He has a Rupa that is sweet, form that is sweet. Two-handed, playing the flute. Venu Madhuri, he has the flute. Hmm. Sweet that he plays and charms his devotees who are imbued with Prema Madhuri. The extraordinary kind of sweet Prem that he's completely conquered by. Hmm. And Lila Madhuri, his pastimes are very sweet and charming. Hmm. So, with regard to, let us say, all-knowing, then... Jiva Goswami, I believe, or Vishwan maybe Rupa Goswami himself, in the text says that, I think it's Jiva Goswami, that if the Brahma, if the Shiva, is Narayan taking the place of Brahma and Shiva, then we find omniscience in Brahma and Shiva, to emphasize the point that omniscience is in the Lord. But then he goes on to say, later on, that the perfected devotees may also attain this uh, all-knowing. And in the commentary, it's mentioned, and Siddhis, and and, and so on and so forth. Um, Of course, then, we should understand that they can attain it in a qualified sense, because all the qualities, as was explained earlier, can only be attained in minute proportion in comparison to Bhagawan. So a kind of all-knowing and and uh, there are said to be eight cities 
principal cities, and then the Bhagavatam elaborates upon more of them, a number of them. Hmm? I think in eleventh eleventh canto, and of course Krishna has so many perfections, cities, powers, and so on and so forth. So, but but therein also, Shijiva Goswami mentions that that be that may be, but this these these opulences that. This is what was being referred to, referred to here, Gyanam, Aishvaryam. I got Gyanam, and I got Aishvaryam, and I got love. Hmm? Gyanam and Aishvaryam, they get in the way of rasa. It's very practical, we can understand that. Hmm? Krishna's omniscience gets in the way of his rasa. Hmm? So they get in the way, therefore they're not at all to be that which is highlighted, and they're qualified for that matter as as I say and uh, it's not the same kind of all-knowing of Bhagawan that even Sri Krishna himself is uh, to be Krishna in the full sense of the term he has to not retire that but that has to be suppressed it is suppressed Krishna is that form of the Lord that corresponds with that Prema Madhurya of the devotees that has the power to suppress that omniscience. So, here it's mentioned in such a way as to make this very same point that we find in uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Yes, I got wonderful things, but I got Prem. That that was that was everything. These things follow the implications. These things follow to whatever degree in the wake of Prem. They mean to say they're not very significant. And one might think that knowledge, which causes one to stand out, hmm, or Aishvarya, power, hmm, causes one to be distinguished from others, more readily one might think that's desirable, that's the goal. Whereas love doesn't necessarily cause you to stand out. You might want to just, you're content to just be in the background and love. And when you get a deep spiritual uh, experience, bhava, bhava bas, even, then it's very different than um, this the, the, it, the power side of knowledge or aishvarya and how it affects one. It will make you very humble. You'll, you'll feel very blessed and embarrassed almost that such a thing has come to me. I remember when I was a young, young man, and much younger man, in Dwarka, New Dwarka, and I came home one night from uh, St. Kirtan, and I used, as I used to do, and I would, went before the deities for the final Arctic. was a, like a, I don't know, 8 o'clock Arctic or something like that, or 8.30, and usually no one was there, just the Pujaris. I, I went. And, and there, the, um, they had the three altars of Gornitai and uh, Radha Krishna and um, Jagannath, Baladev Supadrasa, standing before the altar, and Jagannath and Baladev Balaram started to, to dance and spoke to me, and I was in a trance, and I, I thought, I, 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 tears poured from my eyes, and I was embarrassed, and I didn't want anybody to see me. Luckily, there was nobody there, but I had to leave when it was over, and I would see other people, so I ran out and I went into a van that we had parked in a lot parking lot. I just hid inside the van and 
and felt and cried and thought how blessed, how fortunate I am. How it wasn't it just see, you know, I've got power, knowledge, and kind of causes a kind of a self-asserting. Works in a different way. It's very, very opposite, very different. Therefore, sometimes, as I said the other night, this preem is sometimes described, I believe, by Sanatana Prabhu, as being synonymous with humility. Hmm? The standard of humility of Gaudiya Vaishnavism corresponds with its, in many respects, with its ideal. Hmm? So uh, he was Vyas, you know. He ha- he's Vyas. Hmm? He he's described in the next verse. What he says, Tvam api. Uh, Adabra shuta vishutam vibho ovias. You who are uh, um, all knowing, adabra shuta. You you know you 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 you've compiled all the Vedas, which are supposed to have all knowledge. So in this sense, you know everything. You've manifested all the Vedas, and you're such an extraordinary person. And, so on and so forth. But as we know, he's feeling despondent. <laughs> he's feeling incomplete. Hmm? He's a big person. He's got Aishvarya, knowledge, and so forth, but he's not satisfied. So they're listed here in this uh, penultimate verse of the chapter in this way. First I got Gyanam and Aishvaryam, and then I got to pray him. Hmm? And it, in the implication, it made those things seem small insignificant and I'm content with that and this implication is you will become content with also Tvamapi Adabra Shruta Vishrutam Vibho he says so please now into the last verse I implore you yes you want a solution to your problem hmm? then um, you should uh, Describe the glories of Krishna and and enter into these uh, bhakti texts that uh, I, by the good association, I entered into and the practices thereby from where the mantras come that I've given to you and so forth. Get off the fence and dive into this. Go, go there. These texts that speak the secrets about executing bhakti hmm? for people who uh, have the uh, required faith and so forth, they retire all other kinds of knowledge. He says that that, uh, the implication is that learned people, they are samapyate jena vidam bubustitam, bubutsitam, Knowledge has a, a, a kind of a, you know, people pursue knowledge as kind of a curiosity-seeking, right? To know more, and fill your head up, and it just keeps going and going and so forth. He said, you know, you're a little troubled by this, and it's not going to be resolved by by knowing more. It's going to be resolved by doing something, by taking to bhakti, and then, of course, explaining to bhakti. So please explain bhakti, by which the knowledge-seeking people... Who pursue the literature and so forth to gather knowledge will actually become satisfied. Without which, the implication is, they'll not become satisfied. No matter how much they know, how much knowledge they collect, it becomes only a burden at a certain point. And 
simultaneously, of course, the people who don't know anything, who, who just ordinary people who aren't big gyanis and so forth, they also be relieved from uh, the sufferings of material existence by this bhakti alone, he says. Sanklesha nirvanam ushanti nanyata. Those who are advitatmanam, whose self are suffering in material existence, uh, or uh, from sanklesha, full of full of troubles, their their life of troubles, nirvanam, will be blown out. It means literally extinguished. Ushanti nanyata and ananyata. By, by this and no other means. So he ends on an emphatic note. Why bhakti alone? Come out and and he's, he's saying, come out and write the Srimad Bhagavatam. Of all of these confidential literatures, hmm, this should be that which is the, uh, the the essence of them all. You know, you're you're a very qualified person. You've written the Vedas. You're a literary um, and uh, 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 literary giant, and you're an incarnation of the Lord's knowledge. Now beautify that knowledge by taking. I'm giving reference to the to the to the tantra and so forth, and the practices thereby, and the, the mantra. Now you write a book that the agamas will glorify and shed light on. It's the essence of the nigamakova galitam falam. This is, these are the introductory, one of the introductory verses of Vyas to the great Bhagavatam. You see how he, he did it well. So he, he wants to take him where he's gone hmm, and have him come out with something from that side, new and fresh, that in no uncertain terms emphasizes the efficacy of bhakti like no other means, indeed, no other means will satisfy. It is said, Bukti Mukti Siddhi Kami Sakali Ashanta Krishna Bhakta Nishkam Atayivashanta There's Bukti, desire for material enjoyment, there's Mukti, there's Kama for Mukti, desire for liberation, Siddhi, desire for Siddhis, Bukti Mukti Siddhi Kami Sakali Ashanta those who have desires for any of these, they cannot be peaceful. Uh, Krishna Bhakta, Krishna Bhakti, Krishna Bhakti, Krishna Bhakta, Nishkam. But devotees of Krishna, they are Nishkam. They have no desire. To serve Krishna means to have no personal desire. Not for Mukti, not for Bhukti, not for Siddhi. Hmm? Hmm. Uh, they can become peaceful. Hmm? And again, Siddhi here has particularly been uh, mentioned, but in a way, as if to say, it's, this is not a very significant thing. This is not important. Prem is important. Same as there, of course, in the Yoga Sutras, the idea of the cities, the yoga cities, as advised, don't get distracted by these. This is uh, that's, uh, to, uh, may throw you off the track. It's not about, like I told that fellow with the long hair who said he had his power in his hair, he didn't want to shave it off. I said, this isn't about getting power, it's about serving the one who has all power. That is the most powerful position to be in. It's a very simple and pragmatic 
than of logic, of bhakti. We serve the one who has all power. Why should we try to be the most all-knowing, the most have the most opulence and powers and so forth? There's no there's no question of competing with Krishna. When people would, some yogis would show some some city. Probably usually didn't believe they had it, and probably he was right in most cases. But he's, even if they did, he said, "So they can produce a gold nugget. What is that? Krishna's produced." You know, mines of gold <laughs> and so forth. So what, what is the what is the value of that? So they could produce a ring that they, by property city, stole from some lady's jewelry box and extend the subtle arm into some place and pick it up and bring it back. Here it is. It's a thief, you know. You're not manufacturing the gold. By property city, you don't manufacture gold. or You, you steal it from somewhere else. You take it from somewhere else. Hmm. And what it's to speak then, even if you could manufacture a nugget of gold, what is what is that? Why shall we be enamored by by that? This is the pragmatic thinking of the devotees. There's the famous story of the um, Kumbha Mela. You know, the, every twelve years, the big Kumbha Mela, and all the rishis would come, and um, and there's this ritual bathing and so forth, and then there's a little positioning and pratishta and you know, evolved in pursuing austerities and practices, and so who who's the big cheese around here? Hmm? And uh, apparently, they'd have you know some kind of a, reach some kind of consensus and crown somebody, whatever the the siddha of the kumbha mela, uh, as the story goes. And so this one fellow had walked out onto the into the river and walked on the water. That's called lagima siddhi, to become lighter than the, than the, like the air and people to walk on water. It said that Christ walked on the water. I think maybe it's, maybe it's mentioned in the Bible. I've heard this. It said before. So everybody had thought, well, that's pretty good. And so he was crowned and voted. But there was a, there was an entire consensus because one humble Vaishnav there, uh, didn't, uh, was a dis- had held a dissenting view, hmm? and they said, "Well, what's you know, what, what's your position?" You know, uh, he's walking on the water, and he said, "Well, I just didn't think it was worth very much because because for uh, a few paisa, hmm, a few cents, I can take a boat across the river. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? You're gonna spend all your time so that you can do that? You know." He could only walk out so many feet and he had to come back. You wouldn't even get to the other side. <laughs> so uh, I think there are more important things than that to pursue. And this is the kind of simple, common sense logic of bhakti. Srinamarsh once gave it in another example of, I've told before, of the, the, the undoing of the Gordian knot. It was a famous story that whoever could undo the Gordian knot would become the conqueror of India. So so many great people came in. Strong warriors tried to untie the knot, and then the young Alexander came and said, I can do it. And they all laughed and said, Okay, you know, so you try it, kid. And he pulled out his sword and just undid the knot. And everybody said, Well, I mean, we could, anybody could have done that, you know. <laughs> he became the conqueror of India, actually. Hmm? So it's a kind of a common sense that is uncommon. Hmm? And here are the example is looms large. Vyas is given as the example. Who's the all-knowing? The sky of Vyas, in which you know he compiled the Veda. Veda is this 
source of all the knowledge. Veda means knowledge. He knew everything. And this point was missed. So common sense is very um, uncommon. Bhakti is very practical, down to earth. It's not very flashy. It's just, what do you get out of bhakti? You get more bhakti. And what is at the heart of bhakti? Serving. That's it. I came here to serve and where's the fruit? Service. One of my gobblers once asked Sridhar Marsh, he said that bhakti is like putting money in the bank. Putting money, you serve, you, you invest money in the bank of service. One of my gobblers said, but uh, isn't there some point where we could like draw a little out <laughs> for ourselves? And you know, later I told the dividends, they come of their own accord. Hmm? You just keep putting, investing in the bank of save, but just keep investing there. Don't even think of taking anything out. And all of a sudden, at a certain point, interest checks will be coming. And, uh, right? Of their own accord. <laughs> Don't think of taking out. No. This is the spirit. Hmm? This is the spirit of... of, of of asakti, when we chant the mantra dhyan, this is described in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Mm-hmm. The spirit of that, the spirit of um, just investing in the bank of seva. No thought of taking. Mahaprabhu said, Ruchi asakti, what did he say? Mama janmani janmani shvare bhavatad bhakti rahitakitvi. Of all things, I don't want anything of the world, and I don't even want to get out of the world. Hmm? I'm not even interested in leaving it. I'm only interested in serving. Life after life. I'm a gentleman, a gentleman for eight means I don't care to become free from birth and death. Hmm. Only to serve. So that's a hard sell, hmm, I think. You know, when you include in the, within it the cell, the liberation is inside of that. You know, people, okay, I'm on board. <laughs> something like that. As long as, you know, there, there appears to be something. But the real secret is, and the secret of life, in general, it's just that the, the giving, of course, is the is the receiving, and it's, it's that's a common kind of saying, right? That's that uh, uh, it's probably something for it in every, every language. But bhakti means to realize that you could take that one statement: giving is the receiving, and just play it out fully. All the philosophical implications. This is what Goloka Vrindavan is about. Mm-hmm. So in this way, Nard has pretty much satisfied Vyas, but he's given a very curious and interesting story of himself. And so, as the next chapter continues, Vyas will begin by asking some more questions such that we hear in greater detail about Nard's uh, extraordinary life of a previous day in Brahma that he's remembering. Any questions? What's the time? So some kirtan. Gantaras, Shimon, Bhagavatam, Ki.